Hello, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts, a podcast where you, our listeners, can become part of a conversation with us. We are three therapists who are going to talk about the good, the hard, and all the in-betweens of life. Come join us. Ashlyn, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a few years, actually. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Of course. So for those who are listening who have not come across you on the Instagram or listened to your podcast, can you just tell us a little bit about you? Sure. I am Ashlyn Mitchell or most people know me as Mama Bear Fitness. And so I do a fitness and nutrition slash betrayal recovery Instagram over on Mama Bear Fitness. And I really just talk about all the things that have been able to shift my life. And it's basically overall health, the inside and the outside. And so I run groups and um, teach the skill set that we don't necessarily learn in therapy just staying accountable, finding that support. And um, I do have a podcast. We podcasted for four years. We're continuing it just a little bit different. It's called The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. And then I have a new podcast called This Is Ashlyn, and it is just me interviewing um, people like yourself, which you will be on mine. And yes. yes. And so I recently, I was married for 21 years and recently uncoupled, divorced um, with my partner, And it's been a whirlwind and I feel like the last, you know, we lived, this is our year nine of recovery after sex addiction and betrayal. And we have no regrets, which sounds so bananas. So, you know, people will think, why are you, do you regret not divorcing earlier? And the answer is always no, because we wouldn't be who we are without what we've been through. And we love who we are. We just aren't doing it together anymore. So we co-parent and have two girls, 13 and 11, and live in northern Utah. That's us. Seriously, some of the best people. And Ashlyn, you just do Instagram so well. Like, is that a weird thing to say? You like, should go look at it today. I have oh. lots of mistakes. People are like, you spelled that wrong. I'm like, I know. Sorry. It is just like, just um, a smattering, I guess, of like so many good things. Like you mentioned like health overall, but there's like therapy in there and physical health. And you really show how you're living the things that you teach on your podcast and in your groups and that's why I just find it to be so refreshing, which leads me to kind of what we brought you on here to talk about, which is the story of the Buffalo. I don't know if that's like the correct title. You can correct me, whatever it is, but it's something that I heard you talk about probably a couple of years ago now. Um, And it's, I will let you tell the story, but it's something that I actually share weekly with clients 
in therapy. And it's something that I think about weekly in my own life um, as we're kind of weathering life storms. So can you share with us uh, the story of the buffalo? And then we'll kind of dive into it a little bit. Yeah, you bet. And my therapist is who introduced me to this story. So you are changing lives by sharing the story because I really do believe that this simple story can change the trajectory of our lives. It changed mine. And when I get to hear people like yourself saying, oh, I'm sharing it with other people or I'm sharing it with my kids and my kids are being the buffalo. Like that just is amazing. It's not my story, but oh my gosh, I have just embraced it. And there's buffaloes all over my house um, because of it. So here's the story. Uh, When a storm comes, it comes over a mountain. Uh, So think of like the Rocky Mountains. And as it's coming, we see that storm. A cow sees the storm coming over the mountain and they turn away and they run the opposite direction. And cows are slow. So what happens? They stay stuck in that storm for such a long period of time. They're frustrated. um, They're tired and probably mad. I don't know. And that storm finally passes over them. And okay, there they are. Now, a buffalo, on the other hand, sees that storm coming. They turn and face it. And when they turn and face it, they're running into the storm. The storm, same storm, passes over them. So they're still in it. They're still frustrated. They're still tired. But the amount of time that they spend in the storm is significantly less. And so the idea is it's the same storm. We all have storms in our life. But we are choosing either to face our storms or to run and hide. And either way, we feel pain. Either way, we can feel frustrated and tired. And so for me, I see a lot of times people, um, it says, be the buffalo and charge the storm. I actually don't like that. (laughs) I like face the storm because it's hard to charge a storm. It's hard to, when we're in the thick of our own mess, to be like, I'm going to do this. I'm awesome. I have all the strength. We feel our weakest when those storms come, even, you know, someone like me, who's choosing to help people every day and, and taking care of myself when the storms hit me like divorce this year, I fell hard. I fell really hard. And so for me to turn and face it and start the grieving process was a choice. And it doesn't mean I have to start as the Buffalo. It means I can start as the cow because I've done both and I can run and hide and it stores in my body, and I get sick, and I feel crappy, and I start showing up really mad and frustrated and tired to everyone else. Um, And I can still change my mind and say, you know what, it's time. I'm going to face it and start doing my own work. So that is it. It's so good. I love how you said that sometimes you start as the cow. Like that hit me because That is so true because, I mean, you've heard this story and you've really tried to live this and face the storm, but even knowing this and knowing that it's better to not avoid in the long run, sometimes we still start as the cow and it's all part of that healing process. I think like sometimes you just need to be stuck in the storm for a while until, like you said, you choose to do something different. 
Yes. In fact, I think of staying stuck in the storm. Like for me in that very beginning stage of the divorce, it felt like another betrayal. I've already gone through betrayal and learned how to heal from that. But it was like, this came out of nowhere. I'm so hurt. I'm so mad. I needed to repeat myself 5 million times (laughs) to make sure that people, you know, my tight little circle knew how it, how traumatizing my divorce was. I was totally stuck until I heard the validation of like, you're not crazy. Now turn around and do your work. Right. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Like I, I feel heard and now I can move on. But yeah, I was, it was kind of a mess for a month there. Oh, I mean, being married for over 20 years, having dug in and done a lot of work to work on your marriage and to then see that storm coming over the horizon like that. I mean, it makes sense. Like it makes sense to be stuck and to be sick and to need that validation. I mean, I think it would make sense to be the cow for the for a while for sure. Yeah. So how then, like, what does that decision look like for you? where you're kind of come to that realization of I need to work on my stuff and I need to turn around and face it. Like how does that process unfold for you? Yeah. And I, that's probably one of the most asked questions is like, how do I get over being so hurt and so mad? And, you know, for me, it started in the betrayals of my marriage that we were able to heal and that's not why we got divorced. Um, So I'll start there because that's, you know, very much past where I'm at. Um, I lived, I would say 14, 15 years of my marriage, just stuffing it down. Like I, I really didn't even know how to feel. And so when I would, we went to just a general therapist and they would say, you know, what are you feeling Ashlyn? And I would say, I, I, I don't know. I'm mad. I'm mad. Cause I know that he's keeping secrets from me and I feel unsafe. I had no idea that there was this wheel of emotions that I could even make up words that aren't on this feeling wheel and, and say what I was feeling. And so when that was introduced to me, it was like, Oh, I'm feeling a lot of feelings. And my world kind of exploded when I realized there was names, you know, I I could label, I hate labels, but I do think that they are very uh, helpful in the beginnings. Right. Totally. Oh, that makes sense. Why I feel crazy. I have betrayal trauma. It makes sense why I'm so mad and so mean. And I don't feel like myself I'm hurt. And so for so long, I just felt crazy. And, um, so for both of us, just finding the education in the beginning and labeling it and saying, okay, now we need to find specialized therapy, someone who really understands what we're dealing with. It was, that was the first step. But I think for me, it's the hardest part is the letting go, the surrendering, which is everyone's, how do we do that? How do we do that? Um, I even questioned that this year as I stepped into a new arena of grief and processing, which was the divorce. I, it's like, I forgot everything I knew that I'm so skilled at. And then, and say, wait, how do I let go again? Cause this hurts so bad and I don't want to let go because if I let go, not everyone will know how sad I am and how mad I am. And the truth is the more I leaned in 
And this goes back, you know, eight, nine years ago when I started the process of really learning how I believe it's grieving. I'm, I've gotten really good at grieving um, these losses in my life. And to just lean in and to accept that it's okay to feel mad and sad and to be so hurt. And that by choosing to do my own work and stop waiting for my life to change based on someone else and saying, I'm in charge of my own life. And a lot of crappy things have happened to me with, you know, the people around me, but I can still choose to create the life that I want. And so when I started doing that and working on, we call it the me before the we, we didn't do a lot of couples therapy. We did mostly individual and group. And as I did that, I started to feel the difference between me letting go and choosing to focus on my stuff and what I could control versus me trying to micromanage and to stay angry and hurt. So my former partner knows how traumatic and hard it was. And he owns all of that, including this year with the divorce. But I also, he knows that how good and how happier we are when we both can move through our own stuff. And I can see my own space and the wounds that I brought in to the storm, you know, from my childhood that were just nailed in the coffin by someone I chose to, to love. And so it's a complicated process, but I think once you've done it one time, which I think most people have at some point, maybe it was a small letting go or surrender, but it does feel different. It feels lighter physically it feels happier and healthier. Like I get to choose my life and that feels good. I like that just made me think about how much more complicated it can be to face the storm when there's another person <laughs> involved or that's almost like bringing the storm to you. Yeah. They're creating a storm. Yeah. yeah that's a good way of saying it. They're the weatherman. <laughs> yeah, because you talked about like you had this decision to control what you can control. But I like I meet with clients or have met with clients in the past who are in the middle of things like divorce or deciding if they want to get divorced and they feel like they can't control anything mm -hmm. because it feels really messy and really big because there's this other person involved. Oh. Yeah, 100%. And you guys know this. There's so much head game in it of I feel so rejected. I feel not enough. I don't feel chosen. I'm unlovable. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And so I think to show up as the buffalo first thing is, I mean, it would be miraculous. I don't know that, I'll, that anyone can. Because we have to be able to recognize that we feel those feelings and they're deeply painful. And yeah, I think it's part of the process. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's like, it's such as life. Like we yeah. have to go through that difficult thing and then realize, oh, what do I want to do with this emotion? How do I want to respond? But I feel like you can never control that first instinctual mm -hmm it hits you in the gut and you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, but you get to yeah. control 
which way you run once you know that there's a storm. I guess you can't control that there is a storm and that it shocked you and you're like, ah, my whole system is overwhelmed. But then you get to kind of regain composure. Hopefully you do. Sometimes we don't, which is just the reality, right? Yeah. And we don't pick the storm. So, right. It might be your storm might be way heavier than mine and we can't go to comparison either because they're just different and how we see the world is different. So for this um, storm that I faced this year, I felt like I'd done a lot of hard storms before. And so when this came, I really was, we were at kind of the, the highest highs in our marriage where everything was going great and we had lots of big plans. So when this hit me, I fell the furthest I've ever fallen. And, you know, there was no warning with, with the other betrayal. You can feel that there's something off. You can, you were asking questions. Hey, are you having an affair? Hey, are you looking at porn? And of course they're going to say no, but you still ask. (laughs) And uh, you have a clue that something's happening. I didn't with this. And I went to a place, like you said, that, that human part of me that I never thought I would go to. I did go to those suicidal ideation and, and like this felt right. And this felt true for me that this was the answer. And it was like the most confusing thing for me to, to go through because my brother took his life 11 years ago. And so suicide for me is like, no, like I, I know what that feels yeah, like as a loved want one. That to be the option. Yes. Yeah. But it, in that moment, it was like, oh no, but if I take my life, then he'll be a hero and my kids will love him and all will be well and I will be a hero. It'll be great. <laughs> it was like, what am I even thinking? But yeah. that's where my, you know, that was not being the buffalo at all, but it's, it was the reality of where I went. Yeah. Which I think is, I mean, when we talk, when I talk to clients who are suicidal and stuff, it's, it's like, you don't have to live here. You don't have to live in this place. But I do think that those feelings are so genuine, you know, where it's like, I really am completely and totally overwhelmed by what has just happened in my life. I don't know what to do. And then it's a lot. I mean, you can tell us like, it's so much hard work to get out of that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, in the day that it happened where it was the heaviest, I, my, uh, partner was still, he was, we were separated in home. He hadn't moved out yet. And I just text him, which was really hard. I mean, it was two days after he'd said, I don't want to spend my life with you. And so I'm already feeling so crappy. And then to reach out and say, I need help. I, I'm planning things right now and this doesn't feel safe. I don't feel safe. That was the scariest text to send because I wasn't sure how he would show up for me if he could show up for me. Um, and he did in that moment and just came upstairs and laid in bed with me and just talked me off the cliff and was great at empathizing and saying, yeah, I know that your brain is telling you this is real and it's okay, but it is not like, this is not your reality and you're going to be okay. And, um, I actually called the doctor the next day and just said, this is where I'm at. I've never been on medication. I've never had depression or anxiety but it is heavy right now and I need to get in. And you know, COVID, everyone, you guys are probably way backed up with therapy appointments, but they fit me in because of where I was at. And I got on medication 
and they said, it's going to take six weeks. And it, I felt better the next day. I called the doctor and I said, I know this isn't possible, but I do believe that it was like godsend for me. I needed immediate help mm-hmm. and I got it. Which really is beautiful when you can just heal and the, and even that you weren't like pushing against it, like, Oh, it's, it couldn't be working. So I need to continue, yeah. you know, but instead of just embracing it for the gift that that was where it's like, I don't know why, I don't know how but this mm-hmm. is working. And I'm just going to embrace that as like, I feel better. Wonderful. Let's yeah. Get back Placebo. I don't care. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Do no, truly. It doesn't <laughs> matter. And I think a lot of people are like, it does matter. And I'm like, no, if you feel better, you feel better and go with that, you know, don't push down those feelings of feeling better just because it should still be hard, you know? Oh yeah. Well, and for me, so I went into that appointment, you take your little uh, depression test and see where you're at. And I scored um, so high that they were like, let's put you on um, antipsychotic drugs, which I was like, what? They were like, we're just going to put you to sleep for a week and you're going to be great when you wake up. And I was like, I don't think I should do that. I don't think I'm that bad, am I? So um, I chose not to do that um, and just did the the regular, but a high dose of Wellbutrin. And um, when I went back, let's see, it had been four months. I mean, I did a check-in in between, but on my four-month checkup, I did the test again. And I was so low. She was like, you're doing so good. You're doing the things. Because I, I still do go to therapy. And I take care of myself. I practice daily self-care. I work out. I eat, try to eat healthier. I mean, I still eat whatever. But I am making a lot of efforts for me to feel the way that I feel. And it was exciting for me to see that it actually was showing up. Well, and this makes me think of like, you talked about the betrayal trauma that you were working through for years. And so you kind of had like a script, I guess, for how you faced that storm. But then, you know, when he comes to you and says, I want a divorce or however that played out, that you don't have a script for that. And that's a whole different trauma. And so it's almost like you have to figure out how you face that storm and what being the Buffalo looks like. It's so it's like we have all of these different versions of the Buffalo and you kind Mm -hmm. of throughout your life have to figure out which one and what tool and what it looks like to face this different storm that's coming because, you know, I don't know if you'd been on medication before how that looked for you but that was something that you added to the toolbox to help you and get you out of those dark days. And so I, I just appreciate you sharing that because I think there's so much shame around talking about being suicidal. There's so much shame about talking about being on medication and going to therapy and all of these things when, I mean, that was life-saving for you to be open and say, I am suicidal. And to be open to going to the doctor. Oh, yeah. And I feel lucky that I have those resources. I know we don't all have those resources, but I feel like we do have those resources. Like if we are desperate, we can reach out to people and we can find the help that we need, the money to pay for the things we need, all of it. Um, So 
yeah, that it was even hard for me to go ask for medication because it terrified me as much as I'm like, it's fine. If you take medication, I'm an advocate. I'd never done it before. And so for me to actually say, I'm really in a bad place, it was harder than I thought it would be. Yeah. I think it is hard to admit to ourselves. I mean, that's the first step, right? Really admitting this is what's going on and it's bad. And then having to admit that to someone else and then someone else. I mean, eventually it kind of gets a little lighter with that, but Mm -hmm. the first few steps are excruciating. How do you notice, Ashlyn, when you are running away from the storm? Like, what are the things that clue you in? What are the indicators? Do you feel it physically, mentally? Do you notice things in your life start to fall apart? Like, what are your clues? Okay, I'll give you a really simple one today. And I'll out myself at the same time. Okay, so I run businesses on social media. I make mistakes. I told you this in the beginning. And I truthfully, I think a successful business, you can make mistakes and no one cares. And that's what keeps me balanced and off social media is I can like put it up and there's spelling errors. And I'm like, don't care. See you later. Like I'm going to go be a mom. And so that happened today. I posted and people cared. They're like, you spelled this wrong and I don't understand. And I was like, Oh, the message is still there. Whatever. So I I got a lot of private messages saying, I don't understand you spelled this wrong. And also, why are you saying, I said, it was a, why do you call your ex-husband a former partner or a former husband? And I had left out the N. Okay. Simple thing. I totally found myself being offended or like defensive and offended by these messages. So I immediately feel like a wall go up and I'm like, Ugh, people are so weird. Like, why do they need to tell me? So that I messed up? just like, <laughs> let it be. Jeez. Yes. And I'm like, Ew. Like I start to feel gross. I feel I like, I really do visual visualize a wall going up. Like I'm protecting myself. I don't want to look bad. Oh crap. And so I got up and went on a walk. I, I actually wrote one of the girls back and I was like, whatever. Like I was kind of short and she's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to be offensive. And I was like, Oh shoot. Like I'm an idiot. So I go on a walk And I just, I'm quiet. I don't listen to music. I don't listen to a podcast, which I normally do. And I'm like, why, why am I showing up this way? Why am I defensive? Why am I caring about something so stupid? And it is, it's some old beliefs of, I want to be good. I don't want to show that I make, that I'm like not a great businesswoman or that I can't spell half the time. I don't want to, people shouldn't not know that about me. Um, So I owned it. I right there on the walk, got that, found her in my DMS. And I said, I need to apologize. I felt defensive and I didn't need to be, I took offense when you weren't meaning it. And I'm sorry. And you know, thanks for being here. And she was super great. And that for me was a Buffalo moment and it sounds so stupid, but for me to own it and to apologize immediately, not wait or do it publicly, but like no, I need to tell this stranger I'm sorry because I did overreact. So it took me about 30 minutes to figure that out. But the win is I was a buffalo in that moment. I just wonder how, I feel like that does not 
happen often. I'm sure it doesn't where someone does like get a DM that kind of triggers them and then they respond just kind of like from a place of defensiveness and whatnot. But like then to come back and apologize, I feel like that is the part. I haven't done that a ton. Yeah, I'm sure so no that, one has, I mean, it really. was kind of a big deal for me. And one girl was like, oh, please don't block me. And I was like, I'm not going to block <laughs> you. I mean, yeah. you didn't do anything wrong. I was just defensive uh-huh. for no reason. Yeah. And I think it's it's so great when we could just admit that, like, I was having my own moment. I'm so sorry, yeah. you know, that I pushed any of that moment onto you. You know, yeah. it wasn't your fault. So I do think that Buffalo moments can show up all day every day and they don't have to be a divorce or my husband cheated on me. I mean, my kids will even show up. Like I raised my hand at school today and I said the answer, like that was hard. That is scary. It's basically that it's saying this puts me out of my comfort zone and I'm afraid I'm going to fail, but I'm going to do it anyway. I love that thought because I was just thinking about how many little moments I have of being the cow (laughs) because I I've talked on here a lot about how I'm I tend to move towards avoidance and so there's so many little actions all day I can take towards being avoidant and over time that builds up to like really like moving away from the storm but being caught in it and so I like how you pointed out that there are little moments where you can be the buffalo to counteract those cow moments because I need that. I need those like little moments where I'm like, I'm going to set a boundary mm-hmm. or I'm going to own that. And it feels so good. It can feel it unnatural and uncomfortable, but it also brings relief for sure. Oh yeah. It's like, I need to call the doctor. I need to make an appointment. That's uncomfortable mm-hmm. for most of us. And that's self-care that we don't usually do. We put it off. That's Buffalo. Um, Going to a party, an event, something alone. I host a hiking group here in Utah County that's just open to women for no reason. Just like I want to hike with people and not all my friends like to hike. So like come and hike with me. But to see these women and sometimes men show up alone, I'm like, good for you. Like you're doing it. You are being a Buffalo because it is so scary to go somewhere alone and then go and have to talk and get to know people. So it's really a cool thing to see every other week. I do it when I don't have my kids and to see these people who I don't know, they know me from social media and they'll come and it's just cool. So, um, I have buffaloes, like I said, all over my house. And so sometimes I don't notice them, but I will, like I have them at very key places in my bathroom where I can see when I'm doing my hair, there's a big Buffalo print on my, um, kitchen sink window a Buffalo. There's little places. I used to wear a lot of, um, temporary tattoos right on my wrist so that it was something that would remind me. And now I'm like, I never understood tattoos a lot. And now I get it. Cause I'm like, Oh, there's been so many times I need a physical reminder or something to touch, you know, wear a Buffalo necklace of like, Oh yeah, I can do this. I can do this. So at some point I will have a Buffalo tattoo, uh, but I'm not ready for it yet. <laughs> I love that. I mean, yeah, it's like you have to do it just right. So, yes. yeah, you got to find <laughs> the right piece of art. Yeah, totally. yeah. 
Yes. You don't want an ugly buffalo, that's for sure. I feel like a <laughs> buffalo could go wrong. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> People will be like, what animal is that that you have tattooed on your arm? You're like, yeah. the buffalo. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I love that idea of just, re- it's like recentering and allowing yourself to recenter. Mm-hmm. So for you, that buffalo is a touch point, a reminder of I can be strong. And I need to be strong. And so to have that throughout is such a good touch point to have like throughout your day and whatnot. And I think we all need that where we just, it's so easy to do what KJ does and just slip into that avoidance over and over and over again, rather than having these touch points of like, okay, am I actually pushing myself to do what is hard, but what is good for me? You know, I think that's, it's like an incredible small shift, but like, big changes in your life. Yes. It, you know? Yeah, it really is. That's when I say the story changed the trajectory of my life. I'm not kidding because I didn't understand that I could one, I didn't understand the power inside of me. And I think most of us don't. And you see those silly quotes everywhere and you're like, you're so strong. You're stronger than you believe. But like, it's true. We really are. There's things that I've done in my life and continue to do and surprise myself. Like, what am I even doing? Oh my gosh, I'm doing it. I'm doing that thing. That's me. Oh my heck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I love right it. Now, so I feel that. I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't think someone could live in the hospital for eight weeks. Oh my gosh, I am just doing this. You're and doing it. <laughs> somehow I am not. They do, like, the nurses are like, you're handling this a lot better than most people. I'm like, thank you. But it's just because I have fully, like when I decided to, the moment I got to the hospital, it was like, don't look back. This is my decision. This is what I'm doing. It's worth it. And like everything has been, how do I take care of myself in this weird situation? You know? See, look at that Buffalo. Like I can control only how I feel. Okay. Exactly. And like truly I am out of control of everything. (laughs) Right now. Like literally, I mean, they the nurses just tell me what to do. That's my whole life right now. And so it is I can go on a walk and I get to choose where I walk. That's but not even because I can't leave the hospital complex. You know what I mean? So it's like I have had so few choices, but I can always choose to take care of myself and to prioritize my mental health and make sure that I am getting what I need. I just can't choose to like actually cross the street. So it's the weirdest, you know. See, I just I love how different, and that's why comparison is not so great for us, right? Because that is heavy. And I could easily say, like, I could never do what you're doing, and you could say the same thing about my situation, right? And we don't know that we can do it until we're in it. So Mm -hmm. yeah, we have more power than we believe. Yeah. No, and I feel that right now. I'm like, hey, yeah. I didn't expect this to go so well. And I'm like proud of myself for doing it. And I, But I love that. That just really resonates where it's like, yeah, when you face things and you do stuff, you give yourself an opportunity to show yourself how strong you are. But if you continue to run away, you'll continue to believe that you are weak because you haven't ever tried, you know? Yeah. And I do have to say, being the buffalo doesn't mean you've got everything figured out and you are perfect. I even through this process have, I've had days where I'm like, Oh man, I did not make my future self proud in that text or the way I responded um, to my former partner. But 
the great thing about choosing to be the Buffalo is saying, but I know better and I know how to do it different and I can show up and apologize. I can own my stuff and we can have another day. And so as I, I feel like I've gone through stages of when I talk a lot about the being the Buffalo, it's usually because I'm in a storm and it really is so powerful and meaningful to me. And so I hadn't talked about it for a while you know, I talked about it a lot, like you said, KJ, of, you know, you remember hearing it a while and I kind of here and there bring it up, but it's like all the time this year. And it's because it's, I'm in it. I am choosing to do it and I am imperfect, but I am doing my best to make my future self proud. I love that. I just hearing both of you talk about your situations and how you are facing things is inspiring. I'm hoping I can just like tuck this away for the next storm because there's, there's know, always one coming. coming. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess like in conclusion, I could probably talk about being the Buffalo all day, but you guys probably get the point by now. It's a life-changing way to think and process things and move through things. So try it out. Thank you so much, Ashlyn, for walking us through that. Thanks for having me. And good luck, Jessica. Thank you. And good luck to you. You are still in your storm too. So Um, I'll just think of you as I'm being, anytime I'm being the buffalo, I'll be like, Ashlyn's over there doing it too. So I can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us today. We want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about. We want you to have a voice in this process, so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes. You can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com, and if you search thoughtspod, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All original music is composed by Milan Bryich from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us.